Live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Crowd rises to its feet. The Las Vegas Aces are one win away from title number one. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. You heard it right there. The LV Aces are one win away from a title, bringing it back to the 702 to Las Vegas. To help us break it down is our good friend Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And Paloma, when you hear that, when you hear that the Aces are one win away from a championship, what do you think? What goes through your mind? I mean, it was just awesome last night. The environment, the atmosphere, the experience, little John performing at halftime. I mean, (laughs) just catching up with fans. I mean, season ticket holders who have been with the Aces since day one. uh, They've just explained that this season has been incredible. Incredible. They can't even explain their, their excitement for the Aces to be one win away. Um, you know, for the whole team to, to lock down and focus last night and uh, jump out to a 20-point lead down the fourth quarter and for Chelsea Gray to go off and Asia Wilson to go off and Kelsey Plum to, to show up in, in game two. Um, I mean, it's exciting. Every Everywhere I turn on social media or just around the city, you can see the excitement for the Aces. So um, I'm excited for tomorrow night, man. I hope I hope they win this whole thing. And, you know, it sucks that they're going to be in Connecticut. But, hey, <laughs> I'd rather them win it in Connecticut and, you know, just, just get the job done and, and, and bring home a championship. Yeah, exactly. Same thing they did when they went to Seattle, right? There's no reason to come on mm-hmm. back. Just go ahead nah. and get it done while they're there on the road. And Pallone, let me ask you this, because we, I think we hung out maybe, I don't know, a month and a half, maybe two months ago when the season had first started, and you uh-huh. had said that, you know what, this team, I believe, is going to win a championship and bring it bring yeah. it home to Vegas. Now that they're on the on the door, they're on the doorstep mm-hmm. knocking it, about to knock it in to do actually do that, I mean, how, how, you know, what does that do for you when you know that, you know, hey, I've been riding with this team all season and I saw this maturation of this team and now it's about to come to fruition? Yeah, it was just speaking to Becky Hammond for the very first time on their media day, uh, their, you know, their big media day that they had yeah. behind the scenes, the photo shoot. I mean, as soon as you speak to Becky Hammond one on one, face to face, you look her in her eyes. You just know that, man, she's the real deal. She's the real deal. And when I spoke to Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young on, on Media Day, I could already see just a switch mentally, just the focus, um, the attention to detail, the, the focus, the presence that they have in each possession of, of the games this year has just been completely different with Becky Hammond. And all the players have said, you know, she just requires you to be your absolute best every single second of the game. Uh, and if you're not, you know, she's going to throw you out of there. So I think Becky Hammond, you know, taking over the Aces has really, really changed this franchise. Obviously, we've seen, uh, you know, Coach of the Year, MVP, Defensive Player of the mm-hmm. Year. I mean, the, the Aces want it all. And I was getting dinner last night at the Mandalay Bay um, just right around the corner in one of those restaurants. And I was talking to the bartender, and he said that the Atlanta Dream, you know, all the coaches were sitting at the bar, and my bartender told me that the Atlanta Dream told him, man, if the Aces don't win this whole thing, then something went wrong. Something went wow. wrong because the Aces are going to win this whole thing. They're that good. Um, and it's just, it's just what Becky Hammond requires out of her players. And we've seen it in the NBA. We've seen it in the WNBA. And post-game last night, man, she had a chip on her shoulder. Yeah. She had a chip on her shoulder. She was like, yeah, I've been counted out. You know, I've been, I've been overlooked. 
yep. all my life. And look at her now. You know, she's she's been able to bring such greatness out of these players. I mean, we, we're seeing Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young. I mean, these are incredible athletes that are playing at their absolute best right now. So what a treat we get here <laughs> in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it really is a treat. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, that presser that she had and how she had that chip on her shoulder and said that, you know, I've been picked over before, you know, and I, I assume that she was talking about the NBA head coaching job that she, uh, you know, she had interviewed with, with Portland and obviously she had been rumored to be be the, the next person up for San Antonio when Popovich uh, decides to move on, and he was at the game last night as well. But uh, do you think, with that being said, do you think they win this championship? Do you think the NBA comes calling for Becky? I think I think so. You have to think so. Um, do I think she goes to the NBA? I'm not sure. You know, right. she's so invested. Uh, you know, she's told us every press conference just, how much time she invests with each player one-on-one, whether it's getting dinner, whether it's spending time with them, uh, you know, whether it's getting to meet their families and, and really just spending one-on-one time each with her players because she told us she has to coach Asia Wilson differently than she coaches Chelsea Gray. She has to talk to Jackie Young differently than she talks to Kelsey Plum. Um, so she, she's had to be able to, to get to know her players and sit down with her players and, for all her starting five players to re-sign with the Aces um, and, you know, for, for the core to re-sign and, and, and buy in to Becky Hammond, I don't see her jumping to the NBA anytime soon. But, yeah, I mean, she's, she's man, has she proven so much. And, um, you know, and she does it she does it with just, you know, like, yeah, we, we still have work to do. Last night she said, I don't see any banners. I don't see any confetti. I don't see any balloons. So, yeah, we won. That's great. But on to the next. Yeah. So that, that's just the mentality she's had all season. Uh, and it's great to see that. It really is. I can really appreciate the attitude and the approach that uh, one Becky Hammond brings to the table. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Paloma, with Coach Becky Hammond on the pregame show on ESPN Las Vegas, she was mentioning to T.C. Martin about so much about fighting, and she says she's never been punched in the face, but so many fight analogies for this team and how they have to fight. Yeah. In game one, I felt like they won the game, but they were playing the Connecticut Sun style. It was a slow game. The high was 67. That, that's all they could get to score. But in this past game, they were up in the 80s. They were running. So do you think that in this game, two that they took the fight to the Connecticut Sun instead of playing their game? Exactly. Yeah, I think the first game they were playing to their level and they were just matching the physicality of the Connecticut Sun. And I mean, the Connecticut Sun, they got players, too. I mean, they're incredibly talented. They took down the reigning WNBA champs, the Chicago Sky. They forced a game five against the Chicago Sky. So, you know, they dominated the Sky uh, in, in the semifinals. So, uh, yeah, exactly what you said. I mean, I think in game two, we saw the Aces obviously just jump out of the gate hot you know asia wilson jackie young chelsea gray were all rolling early and they've said that all season long like they gotta take care of that first quarter that first quarter is so important to to win the first quarter and lead in the first quarter because that's what's the tone i mean once if you're down 20 points you're down 15 points in the first quarter man you're just trying to 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 catch up the entire game and if you're down by halftime you know you're just trying to catch up the entire game so for the Aces to come out hot, for, for Chelsea Gray and Asia Wilson to get into a rhythm, for Jackie, Jackie Young to, to hit a couple threes, uh, it was huge, huge for the Aces. And uh, I think that's just what we saw from last night, more of, more of um, an offensive flow. They were definitely scoring a lot more than, than game one. Um, and I just felt like they were, they were playing them. They were being themselves, 
you know, Chelsea Gray just being physical and Asia Wilson uh, being dominant in the paint. Um, you know, and Kelsey Plum. Hey, Kelsey Plum to get up there. And, you know, she's been in a little scoring slump. So she talked about that last night that, you know, Asia Wilson cussed her out pregame saying, hey, KP, I need you. We need you. So get out there and do your thing, KP. So great to see that um, Kelsey Plum had, you know, 20, 21 points last night um, against the Sun. So, man, if KP's rolling, Jackie Young is rolling, Asia Wilson's rolling, Kelsey Gray is rolling, Dierk Hamby is back in this. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, how can you stop them? How can you stop them with, with all of them rolling? Yeah, no, if if they're rolling like that, I mean, the Connecticut Sun are in a bad position, man, because they don't really <laughs> have the offensive firepower. Like DeMond nah. said, they want to beat you up. They want to be real physical and keep everything low. But you mentioned Dierk Hamby. That's exactly where I wanted to go. How, mm-hmm. how big of a factor has she been to all of a sudden come back for the the finals and I know she didn't play a whole lot in game one yeah. but she played quite a bit last night and was a big factor in my opinion yeah I think it's just having her presence out there she's so uh efficient on both ends of the floor and I think that she's she's one of their starters I mean she's one of, she's a core piece of this of this team so to have her back in the finals I think that just adds another uh key part to the game and more depth to to their roster you know to have Derricka out there and I know she, she's been bummed out missing most of the postseason. So to have her presence on both, both ends of the court, um, you know, she scores in transition. She's there when you need her. Um, she's, she's a factor. She's a factor. And to have her back is definitely huge. We didn't, I mean, Becky Hammond wasn't even sure if, if she was going to be available right. uh, for the postseason. So to have her back in the finals, that's huge. Yeah, it really is. And, again, I think that she's a big factor when she's out there. And, Paloma, this will be the fa- final question we asked you about the Aces. DeMond wants to ask you some UNLV questions. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I want to ask, if the Aces pull this off and they win this championship t- tomorrow or whenever, yeah. maybe Sunday, whatever the case may be, is it Chelsea Gray or is it Asia Wilson as the MVP? Ooh, I think it's Chelsea Gray. I don't know. But, you know, I Asia Wilson MVP, you know, she had 26 points last night. Um, but, man, to me, it's just like Chelsea Gray has been so dominant on both ends of the court, defensively, offensively, in transition. Uh, you know, she's just been a dog on both ends of the court. So, uh, but, but so has Asia Wilson. So, <laughs> like, man, you know, in Seattle, Asia Wilson put a back-to-back, you know, 30-point-plus game. Uh, so, Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But <laughs> I, I feel like Asia Wilson will probably win MVP. But Chelsea Gray is one A, one B. Man, Chelsea Gray is one B. So. All right, Paloma, moving on to the Rebels Saturday. I was at the UFC 279, but I'm still on my laptop trying to squeeze in a little <laughs> bit of UNLV as they're playing Cal. Yeah. And when you talk to Coach Arroyo, how did he feel about the game? Because they allowed 14 points in the first quarter, but after yeah. that first quarter, only six points. So. What did he have to say about the game? Well, they just made that switch defensively. You know, Cal, Cal's got a great team on, on, on both sides of the ball. You know, their offense and their defense are really strong. Um, and, yeah, when, when Cal jumped out to a 14-0 to start, I was like, man, I mean, you got to make some adjustments defensively. So, you know, de- defense tightened up in the red zone. You know, defenses, they, de- they first of all, UNLV's defense is so much more improved this year under Coach Hayward uh, compared to last year. So, um, you know, they, they, the defense held strong in the second half, but, 
it's just all about executing. That's that's just what we've seen last year. You know, it was six games that came down to a one-score loss. So the Rebels had a chance, you know, twice in the fourth quarter to win the ball game, and it was just the lack of execution. And I just think that comes with experience. You know, Doug Brumfield, he's really still so young. He only played three games last year. And, you know, for Doug Brumfield to find that, that rhythm and that execution with his receivers, um, you know, that's just going to take some time. But it's a heartbreaker, heartbreaker for sure on Saturday against Cal. You know, the final second, Doug Brumfield throwing up a Hail Mary. Uh, you know, it was it was definitely a heartbreaker. And, you know, his team was his team was sad in, in the locker room. A couple guys were definitely emotional and crying because, man, that game was right there in their hands, you know, up for grabs. So, um, you know, that, that was a tough one, but I think they learned from that. And, you know, to go toe-to-toe with, you know, a Pac-12 opponent and be right there in the game with them, um, I think they'll come out and respond this Saturday against North Texas. All right, Paloma, real quick before my next question. You put a smile on my face because with NIL and stuff, people always like to say these college kids, they don't care about the game as much. But for you to say players are crying in the locker room yeah. after the second game of the season, uh-huh. it's like, oh, man, they really want it this year. So my next question is going to be with Coach Royal when you're talking to him on the rep zone, what did he have to say about those last two offensive possessions, the one in the goal line that just didn't mm-hmm. go well, and then that last possession towards the end of the game where mm-hmm. they almost had to march you know, the entire length of the field? Yeah, it was just lack of execution, and it just comes from experience. Um, you know, Doug Brumfield, he just needs more more reps, more experience with his receivers. He's got a brand-new receiving core this year, tons of tra- uh, several transfers from all over the country. But, um, yeah, man, they just couldn't execute in the fourth quarter, and we saw that last year with their, their six games. So, um, you know, this one, I, I feel like Coach Royo said, you know, this this is another learning experience that the guys don't want to have to go through this again. So, um, just just to execute and you know, Doug Brumfield's throw to to Kyle Williams in the end zone that one kind of hurt because they wanted a pass interference and and the rest just said you know incomplete pass. Um, so Coach Royal just shrugged his shoulder and said it is what it is. I mean, we're not going to fight with the refs, but. Yeah, I mean, when when, uh, when Doug threw the ball to Kyle Williams in the end zone, and you know Kyle was tied up, uh, you know that 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 could, they could have won the game. They could have won the the game right there. But I think Doug Brumfield just you know matured and learned from that from that quarter, and you know the whole team, the whole team can learn from the fourth quarter. But that's just one thing that that these guys are are just you know upset that these games are coming down to the wire and they can't seem to execute and finish. So. That will definitely be uh, the key to victory this season is to finish and, and finish strong. Well, they got North Texas coming up on uh, on Saturday, so it should be a heck of a game at Allegiant Stadium. We look forward to that. And then, of course, on Sunday, will follow with the Raiders and the Cardinals both at Allegiant Stadium. So, Paloma, yeah. fantastic stuff as always. I can't tell yeah. you enough how great of a job you do covering <laughs> everything. Yeah. But uh, we definitely appreciate you each and every week. And uh, keep doing what you do. And hopefully the Aces close things out yeah. tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, Q, where will you be tomorrow for the Aces game? Oh, uh, that's a great question. That is an absolute <laughs> great question. I'll definitely, wherever you're at, we'll definitely have to find out. And we'll, we'll have to make, okay. that, make that happen. <laughs> okay, sounds good. There is a watch party for the Aces going down over in Water Street at the Henderson Pavilion. So if you guys want to go. Oh, okay. To the watch party. It's over in Henderson. The Water Street Pavilion's having a watch party uh, for the Aces. Six o'clock tip-off. Done deal. Done deal. We'll be Woo! there. Well what, well, what else you got coming out, Paloma? What you got coming out on the Rev Zone and everything that you're working on? Man, <laughs> yeah, the Rev Zone. The Rev Zone every Sunday at at um 
at 1030, we're sitting down with two local football players, Adam Plant Jr. and Kyle Beaudry, two local guys that have been tearing it up on defense. Um, you know, the, the Rebels racked up four sacks on Saturday from four different players. So uh, the defense definitely stepping up this season. So I'm highlighting two local guys nice. on the Reb Zone. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, rolling with the Aces. Uh, and and football season, it's we're rolling. Rod, the, the Golden Knights are starting up soon, man. Yep, I yep. mean, <laughs> it's going down. Please. That's right, <laughs> it's going down. Well, thank you so much, Paloma. We appreciate you. See you, bye, man. All right, see you. There she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox Five Sports. Fantastic job. That's a star in the making right there. Just remember where you heard her. Remember when she's big time, and I mean big time. Remember, be like, oh, Paloma used to come on uh, unnecessary roughness all the time. She is going to blow up. So that's coming up soon. You watch. <laughs> you just watch. I will say, coming up next, Nate Hobbs in the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor sent that over to us. So uh, we'll get to hear from the star cornerback who you want to talk about blowing up. That's a dude who's blowing up. We also got the injury report for Wednesday for the Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. We'll go over that. We got some locker room sound from Dylan Parham. We got Derek Carr at the podium. What don't we have? Raider Nation, we just need you. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Got a lot to get to on today's show. So excited about it. Love the the momentum that we have built up. DeMond believes in that momentum. So excited about the momentum we have built up here on the show today. Question I threw out there. Who are you looking for to step up and have a big game this week versus the Cardinals? We had a lot of great answers. Of course, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. The Raiders have put out their injury report from uh, Wednesday, of course, we'll get an injury report today. We'll get one tomorrow, and then we'll also get one on uh, on Friday. And then they'll right before, right before, about ninety minutes before the actual kickoff, we'll get the final report: the actives and who's inactive. Uh, so today for the Raiders, Brandon Bolden dealing with the hamstring injury did not participate. Andre James dealing with a concussion did not participate. Trayvon Merrick dealing with the hip injury did not participate, and Denzel Perryman dealing with the ankle injury. Did not participate. Also, one more guy on the injury report for the Silver and Black, cornerback Nate Hobbs, dealing with the back injury. He was a full participant, so no worries there when it comes to Nate Hobbs. Now, that's the updates right there. I'd say that probably the ones that are most concerning for me are uh, Andre James, obviously the center, uh, dealing with the concussion. You can't do anything but have to pass through con- concussion protocol before you can get cleared. So there's nothing he can do. He can't say, well, I feel better. He's got con- to clear all the concussion protocols. Trayvon Merrick is a big deal, in my opinion, dealing with a hip injury. Uh, that's, that's big if he's not out there on Sunday. And also Denzel Perriman. Uh, and I've seen a couple of reports from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN saying that Denzel Perriman's ankle injury isn't that serious, but it's still an ankle injury, and he's still a linebacker, and, you know, those things go hand in hand. It's not something that you don't like to, to see as far as ankle injuries. Earlier today, DJ Turner was put on IR, so he's going to be out at least four weeks. He's dealing with the ankle injury as well, so the speedster that you thought was going to be a factor, at least in the return game, will be out at least the next four weeks. Now, the Cardinals injury report, whoo-wee, is a laundry list of players. Kelvin Beecham, the big offensive lineman, uh, he had a non-injury-related rest day, so he was just resting today, so I'm sure he'll be out there. Tight end Zach Ertz, calf injury, did not participate. Offensive lineman Rodney Hudson, NIR, non-injury-related rest day, did not participate. Wide receiver Andy Isabella, back injury, did not participate. Wide receiver Rondell Moore, hamstring injury, did not participate. Safety Jalen Thompson, toe injury, did not participate. Defensive lineman J.J. Watt, calf injury, did not participate. 
Our offensive lineman, Justin Pugh, neck injury, limited. Cornerback, Marco Wilson, ankle, full participant. Cornerback, Trayvon Mullen, Jr., toe injury, limited. So there's that. Pretty long list of, of guys banged up for the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, uh, the Raiders injury list is a lot longer than it was a week ago at this time. But that's what happens throughout the course of, of a game. And, of course, throughout the course of the season, you're going to see a lot of injuries on the injury report. So we'll wait till we see tomorrow who participates and who doesn't participate. Right now, the guy for the Raiders that was a full participant, even though he had a back injury, that's Nate Hobbs. He had an opportunity to talk in the locker room following practice. Here's that conversation. As well as you've played, you've always talked about your journey. Do you still play with a chance to prove something to others, or is that is that time over? Because as well as you've played, yeah. it's kind of hard to believe you still do that. But do you sure. still do that? Yeah, I try to prove myself every day. You know what I'm saying? Like this is one have you done for me lately, world, and definitely one have you done for me lately, league. So right. I gotta come every not every night, every game, every play. Nate, I'm sure you know when you get to where you are right now. Other players are giving you respect. Players on other teams, you're hearing your name in a positive way. Does that drive you to be better even more? Um, it definitely feels good to for your work to be acknowledged. But uh, really, all everything comes from inside. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, I have a, I got a drive that, and I, I want to be one of the best. And I got. Um, Family to provide for, so it just comes from within. Honestly, I think that's the best motivator. What kind of challenge does Kyler Murray present for you? A guy that can both run the ball but also pass the ball. Uh, Super dynamic. Uh, he's a, he's a great challenge for our defense to go against. Um, anytime you go against a guy like that, you just gotta be prepared, especially as a DB, to run around a lot. <laughs> be well conditioned, have great ass. So we definitely gonna prepare that week for him. Uh, he's, he's a great player. Nate, when you're making plays behind the line of scrimmage like you did on Sunday, how much of that is you breaking off, just seeing something and going and make a play versus, you know, that that was kind of the call. You were you were going to be in that place. Um, I let the play play out, and if I see it, I go. But I, I always do my job. Nate, you know, when you're a corner, you're kind of out on the island with the receiver the whole game, but you were kind of in so many different spots on the field. How much more fun is it for you to just be so active with the defense? Honestly, it's very fun. I love being able to go on from being able to be at the line of scrimmage and tackling to being able to cover the number one receiver to being able to play in the slot, play zone, play man. Like, it's a lot of fun for me. That's one of my favorite things to do Cornerback Nate Hobbs right there in the Raiders locker room following practice. You'll also hear from guard Dylan Parham in the locker room. Uh, again, courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor. I know Clay Baker's in there. Heidi Fang is in the morning tailgate. They're all in the locker room. So you'll hear from them. You'll hear from Adam Hill coming up at 4 o'clock as well. So lots to get to. But I love that mentality that Nate Hobbs has. It's never the I arrived and so I can take my foot off the gas mentality. It's the what can I do next? What can I do next? It's what have you done for me lately, league. That is the best way to have longevity in anything you do. I mean, again, we can relate football to life all the time. It doesn't matter what field you're in or what you're trying to do. If you ever get that feeling that you've arrived and you've made it, you don't have to keep working anymore, that's the minute you're going to fail. So uh, I can appreciate that mentality. And look, Nate's only been at it. This is only his second year, right? He's got a lot to prove before uh, you start to say, hey, he's that guy that nobody's going to throw the ball his way or they're not looking his way because Nate Hobbs is out there. And that's what he likes. That's what he wants. He wants to be able to be that chess piece that you could put anywhere on the field and he can go out there and dominate and do some really good things. So excited about uh, what Nate Hobbs is going to bring to the table. And really, uh, based off the game that you saw him play on Sunday, 
feel really comfortable in saying that, you know, what we saw on training camp in preseason and said that Nate's going to be really special and has an opportunity to take that next step, feel very comfortable doubling down and saying, yeah, that next step is on the way. 328 is your time. When we come back, we'll get to some of your calls and texts, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. If there's anyone or any position group that you think needs to step up in this game against the Cardinals, who or what would that be? Plus, we'll hear from quarterback Derek Carr, and that might be some of your answers. Let us know about it. It's all coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We got some winning on the way. Got some things to give out. Tell you about that in a little bit. Got Adam Hill from the RJ, also from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, coming up at the top of the hour. Talk about what he uh, heard and saw in the locker room, what he heard from Derek Carr, what he heard from Devontae Adams. He was out there with me at practice. I was out there able to witness, you know, stretching and stuff like that. And it wasn't very long, very small period, a little window time. But uh, I got to see that. So we'll talk to Adam Hill, plus his expectations for this upcoming game. Allegiant Stadium, Cardinals coming to town. You know, what's his thoughts on that? We'll get Adam Hill's thoughts coming up at 4 o'clock. But we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Been going fast and furious on today's show. Want to know who or what position group you're looking for to really take a step up this upcoming week against the Cardinals. For me, it was the defensive line. I think they got their work cut out for them when it comes to, uh, you know, it comes to Kyler Murray and keeping him in the pocket and keeping him under control because he's a little slippery dude and get out there and do some things. So I'm looking at the defensive line to really step up and have a big game and really slow down Kyler Murray. But what say you? Again, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend, ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Q. Yes, sir. Uh, I agree with you with the D-line, but, man, it's just going to have to contain and keep, and keep him in the pocket. I mean, yeah, he's shifty and all that, but if you contain – and, 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 and tackles do their job. You just like the Chiefs do. You can contain him, but the, I think it's Derek Carr. Okay, okay Carr gonna have. To, I mean, because all you all you know, everybody been saying this is the best team he's had. This is Carr, the best receivers he had. There's no excuses, and then he throws three interceptions. So, not that there's any pressure on him. Okay, but Carr's gonna have to uh, step up. I personally like the strategy that he did the last time, only because you want to see how they're rotating over towards uh, Devontae Adams. But you got you got to look towards your other receivers. I think it needs to go the other way. First target goes to the other side, and then you come back to Devontae Adams. He's still gonna get his his catches, but you got to ease into it when your O line can't protect you. At least in this case, when you're dealing with uh, Mac and Bozo on both sides, I mean he's not gonna see that again. To, for the rest of the season. So uh, that's why I think it, it, ha- it has to be Derek Carr, and I think it will be Derek Carr. I, I'm looking for him to do like uh, Mahomes and throw at least four touchdowns this game. Thanks a lot, T. What's up, Demond? <laughs> there he goes, ABA Ivan Davis. Uh, good call, my man. And, you know, Josh McDaniels talked about earlier today, he talked about Randy Moss and talked about Devontae Adams, and he said, you know, sometimes the first read is there. Sometimes the first read is there, and so you – just go with it. And so sometimes he said Randy Moss would get 20 targets. Uh, the, the next week he'd get three because that first read wasn't there. You know, the thing about it is, and this is something that really stood out to me when he said that this morning, is the fact that if they're going to allow the first read, which is Devontae Adams, to be open, why not take it? Why not take it? Why not put it in your best playmaker's hands, right? I mean, so, again, if they allow him to get targeted that many times and he makes that many plays – so be it. Now, I get it. Everyone wants to see Waller, Hunter Renfro, Jacobs, everyone. Look, I do too. 
I do too. And of course, balance is is the is the best key. But sometimes, as Josh McDaniel says, the defense has something to say about that as well. So if they are taking away something else or or someone else, then you got to go where it works. You know, you go back to last last season, week one. Waller had what twenty targets, nineteen targets, whatever the case was, a plethora of. And then the next week didn't have hardly any. So. I think that Devontae is going to get targeted quite a bit this week, especially after talking to Ed and uh, talking about the the cornerback room really being suspect. Hell, if the cornerback room is suspect for the Cardinals, I'm feeding them too. I, I please believe that, you know, and and uh, you know try to get it to Waller and Renfro as well. But if if Devontae Adams is out there on an island with the dude who's suspect, guess what? I'm all the way in. I'm all the way in on 17. But that's just me. I'm not a quarterback. I'm a Monday morning quarterback, just like everyone else. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Raider X real quick. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, guys. I just want to start off by echoing what you were talking about earlier of uh, the growth of what your the product is going out there right now of uh, Paloma and also DeMond. Uh, you get, you got, I just want to make sure that I get that, you know, put out that recognition. The growth over the last few months is phenomenal. You guys are really putting out great product. I uh, really appreciate you guys, man. Thanks a lot for the whole, you know, bringing it to the Raider Nation, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Great call. And, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I agree 100% when it comes to DeMond. I think uh, his his growth is uh, leaps and bounds over what it was at this time last year, and he's only going to get better. He's going to – I said Paloma's going to be a star in the making. Uh, DeMond has that opportunity as well. Uh, so he's just – Hold on, cute. What? What? Raider X, he was just giving us the props. He didn't get to get his uh, full point out the way. Oh, well, Okay. <laughs> My bad. I was giving. I was. I was giving you props to Bob. My fault. <laughs> hey man, I also wanted to talk about you know the the, the, the locations. So you know, Bilal Nichols. I, I I thought that he was going to be the you know that dude that was going to be the upgrade over Darius Pylon because they have the same type of you know you know uh, skill set. But I think he's going to be a little more powerful and that quick burst. So I like to see him and also Malcolm Coombs. Yeah. Uh, I, I I because. The only reason I'm saying that is because, you know, I, I think Chandler Jones, either matchups or whatever, because, you know, that overall, you know, that teamwork, as we saw last week from the Chargers, man, that's explosive when you have that type of energy. And I'm excited to see what the youth is bringing. So I really am excited to see what Koontz is going to bring. Um, because Carr, he's going to fix it. Uh, I have no doubt about that. That was a – I don't want to talk about that game. But he will fix it. So I'm going to leave it with that. And, again – Thank you for taking that recognition of, uh, you know, because I really believe that uh, that DeMond and uh, Paloma, just listening to her overall, you know, analysis, not only of the Rebels, but the Aces back and forth. Yeah. And I know, you know, DeMond's got that special place for the Rebels. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's good, good, good stuff, really good stuff. You guys are bringing it, and, and you can see the growth. And, man, it's top-notch. Top-notch, bro. So, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate uh, again. Appreciate the comments and on, on Paloma and uh, and Demond and and I agree with Carr fixing it. I think he's going to fix it too. I'm I'm not concerned about the offense. I really want to see the defense step it up. I want to see Crosby get home. I want to see Jones get home. I want to see some turnovers. That will make me happy, man. That'll make me say, okay, that's what they're looking for. That's where they start to make their moves. Because again, I think the offense is going to be just fine. Let's take one more call, Tim, in the 408, calling from San Jose. What's on your mind, Tim? Hey, Q, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, for the game uh, in Arizona, I mean, really, hollering back everyone else is saying is just, you know, Derek Carr needs to play better. And not just the overthrows, but the turnovers. So I was looking at some stats, right? Okay. So Derek Carr has committed 20 turnovers in the last 14 games. 
since John Gruden's been gone. Right. I, that was the Josh DeBose stat. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. And if you really look at the five wins we had, you know, you look at the other teams, they put up 14 13. The defense was doing their job last year towards that five win streak, and Josh Jacobs was on fire. Now, I'm not taking credit away from Derek Carr, but he didn't play his best ball that those five win winning streak. We didn't need him to. But he just he had those like those big plays, you know, the one to Hunter Renfro. It was just like that one gotcha play. You know what I mean? But there's something been going on with Derek Carr since that Kansas City game. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, he he did pretty good in the playoffs. It was okay. He had three ten. I mean, that was probably his best game out of the last, you know, seven games maybe. But it's just uh, there's something going on. Uh, that's a lot of turnovers. 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and, you know, last 12 starts, he's 5-7. and seven. So I hope he does get it turned around. He has the weapons, but if you're really dissecting this thing, I'm a little concerned. Okay. You know, just want to throw that out there. Okay. Hey, good call, Tim. Thank you so much for that. And, and I'll say this. Because I saw that stat from Josh, too. And Josh always is throwing something out there that's usually a negative stat, but it's an accurate stat. So I'm not, I'm not mad at an accurate stat. I'll say this, and I'll, I'll ask Raider Nation this question because I, I have my answer. I, I feel like I know what my, what, I, what my response will be. And, Demond, of course, I'll ask you as well. But I would love to hear from Raider Nation what they rather have. Everyone is throwing that stat around about he's had more turnovers in the 14 games since John Gruden has been the head coach, right? Uh, I get it. So he's, he's had more turnovers than he's had interceptions. While Gruden was the head coach, what was one of the biggest complaints? What was one of the biggest complaints? Derek Carr is too conservative. He's too conservative. He doesn't push the ball down the field. He doesn't take chances. You know, so I don't, I don't know if you remember, Tim, or, and, and I'm not just directing this at you. I'm directing it at everybody. There were so many calls. There's so many tweets. There's so many texts about, so you got to be a gunslinger. You got to push the ball down the field. You got to do this. You got to take a chance. Trust your wide receiver. Do this. When Derek Carr wasn't doing that, remember when he wouldn't throw that ball because, well, he didn't trust the wide receiver? He didn't know that Deshaun Jackson was going to be where he was supposed to be. He didn't know that uh, uh, Henry Ruggs was going to be where he was supposed to be. He didn't trust Brian Edwards. Everybody was upset. Remember everybody was how angry everyone was? you got to give a wide receiver an opportunity. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. So he gives them chances, and he's turned the ball over. He's turned the ball over. Sometimes they're not there. Sometimes the ball's not there. Sometimes he holds on to the ball too long, and he gets a strip sack. So it's, it depends on what you want, and that's all I'm asking. I, I, if you like Carr, you like him. If you don't, you don't. That's, nothing I say is going to change that. Nothing. It's, it's like I tell people all the time. You either like me or you don't. There's nothing I could do to make you change your mind. Right, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable in my own skin. So if you don't like me, you don't like me. If you don't like car, you don't like car. That's fine. But what do you rather have? Do you rather have the guy who's going to take a chance and be a gunslinger, and I put that in air quotes, or are you? Do you want a guy who's going to be very conservative, very protective with the ball, and not take any chances? That's all. I'll ask. So, Demon, I'll start with you. What What do you prefer? Give me the gunslinger. Give me the guy, well, at least going back to last season, because I think it's only a one-game sample size for this season with Josh right. McDaniels. But last season, give me the car and the team that finished the season rather than the team that started the season. Even then when they did start with Gruden, what were they, 3-2? Uh, and two? Like, they were still yeah, up I mean, to the Bears game. Like, they it was had, still yeah, the, good. the Bears game was the first real suspect game, and that was we all know what was hanging over them. Yeah, that. so they were still doing good when right. Gruden, like that first start of the season, but I still think that they looked like a much better team towards the end of the season under Basaccia. 
I, I do too. And and that's the thing. And I remember when all of a sudden there was a new play call. I was like, man, they're opening things up for Carr. And so there was some risks that happened, and there were some turnovers that happened, both fumbles and and interceptions. You know, I mean, it's just it's the nature of the beast. It's like you can't really have both. You can't have a protective gunslinger, right? I mean, that that doesn't really exist. So uh, again, not not an argument, just a question of what you prefer. You know how black sheep said back in the day, you can have this or you can have that. You know, you can't have both. It's either this or that. So, uh, you know, hit us up. Let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. Speaking of Derek Carr, he was at the podium a little earlier. Here's what he had to say. Uh, well, Josh had some things for me and for our team, but I leave all the coaching points to Josh. You know, I don't want to give away what he's telling me and things like that. Um, but uh, we, we talked about it. We had, a, you know, some stuff to correct, obviously, but we also had some stuff that – we could build on, and uh, we try to do that today. Um, really build on those things and correct those things to have a good good practice today, so we could be on to Arizona. Um, what's the balance between flushing it and moving on, and kind of learning from it as well? Um, yeah, um, you you want, well, I try and learn from every game. You know, I think one of the big things, as you know, uh, in my career is like no matter what the game was, we always talked about that. You know, those five plays. What about those five? You know, the, the, the five that keep you up at night, you know. Um, and I learned that, you know, from Coach Gruden. And Josh is the same way. We, we're going to make sure we correct these, you know, and make sure we're on top of these, um, you know, so that we're better always going forward. And that, that'll never change whether, whether we won that game or, or lost it. Um, you know, that, that has always been the process that, that Josh, we're always going to try and get better. And that's always the process I've, I've believed in. And, and then you go to practice and try and do those things better, not just say, okay, write it in your notebook, but then go out there today and do them. When you look at uh, a, a Cardinals team that, you know, kind of got it handed to them a little bit on Sunday, how is it easy to look past the score and look into the team and to really see what you're up against on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. I, I, never, I never put too much into stats or into – into like the ultimate, just the score, right? Um, you know, I want to see the why. You know, I want to see the scheme. I want to see the blitzes and the coverages and the the players. And you know, you know I've been on a, a team with a losing record, but we knew we, we could beat certain teams when you turn the film on. You know, and uh, and we'd go out there and we beat them. People are like, oh my gosh, how'd you do it? Well, when you turn the film on, we saw it. You know, based on what we had. So. I never get too caught up in that stuff. They're a really good football team. They caused a lot of uh, uh, turnovers last year, stripping the ball, you know, on you know running backs and receivers, quarterbacks running and all that kind of stuff. They're really good at that. They're really good at um, creating negative plays. Uh, they got some really, really good football players. Buddha Baker's one of the best players in all the football. You know, Isaiah Simmons can do everything. You know, I've literally seen him line up everywhere except maybe nose tackle. I'm sure he's done that too. I'm, I'll get to that, you know. Uh, but he's literally done everything. And I mean, they got guys everywhere. They're, they're fast. They, they can run. They play physical. Um, and so anytime that they have those kind of traits and they can create those kind of problems, you know, you better be on it when you, when you play them on Sunday. process of determining whether you stick with the play, trying to make a throw, yep. or maybe you try to escape the pocket, run away, or throw the ball away. How do you just go through that in your head in those split-second moments? Yeah, I think a, a lot of it um, is depend on the situation. Uh, you know, sometimes there's times to throw it at a back's feet, you know, and just, hey, move on to the next play. Um, sometimes you're trying to hang in there as long as you can. Um, at, you know, at certain situations in the game, you're trying to wait, you know, for a certain route and all that kind of stuff. You have to wait, you know. And so it just is more situationally. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, putting the ball in harm's way, you know, that's another thing. You know, if it's going to alter something so much and you're going to put it in harm's way, let's try and move on or, uh, you know, try and move out the pocket. You know, early in the game, we had a third down. Move out the pocket and just find, you know, find Tay. You know, th- those kind of things happen naturally. Um, but when it comes to the decision in that split second, it's really situational. You, you hope that you've made the decision. You've already repped it in practice. That's that sis- the situation and camp and all that kind of stuff. To where when you get in it, then you're like, okay, I know what I need to do, and I know who I need to wait for. There's uh, Derek Carr. Just a, a little bit of what he had to say earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Of course, he probably talked about 15, 20 minutes because usually his answers are pretty lengthy. And, of course, there's a lot of questions that everyone has for QB1. Let's go out to the phone lines on 702-365-9200. we got a, a lot of great listeners holding on, uh, like Dark Side Don. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's going on? How y'all Chill. doing today? Uh, we're blessed, man. We're blessed. Hey, so look, uh, Monday morning, just to, to, to piggyback off of what you just said, Monday morning I said the exact same thing to Clayton. We One minute we want we want, we want the boy to be aggressive and throw the ball all over the yard. And then the next moment we want the boy to be conservative and, and dink and dump. We can't have it both ways. That's why I said yesterday I, I have no problem with, with, the, with the throws that Derek threw. The problem I had was that they were bad throws. Right. As far as, as far as the decision making and as far as him going that route, going to Hunter, going to going to Waller, going to Adams. As far as him throwing them three balls, I, the only problem I have is the picks. Right. The, the, it was they were just bad throws. We yeah. If if, if we're gonna ask Derek to be to do or if we want our quarterback to be a certain way, we got to be consistent about that. The same way that we're asking him to be consistent about his play. So if we want a gunslinger. Let's all be united and say that we want a gunslinger. If we want a if we want a dink and dunk type of dude, let's all be united and say that we want a dink and dunk type of dude. There's no excuse for the three three interceptions. I'm not going to give him any excuse for that. He right. played bad. He played hella bad. But at the same time, if we're going to ask this man to throw the ball all around, all around the yard, let's just keep all the way across the board. That's all I got to say. Hey, good stuff, man. Good call. And I agree. And look, those you're right. Those were bad passes. Those were, uh, you know, bad timing. On the one to Hunter, uh, that should have been a completion. Darren Waller in the end zone should have been a, t- a completion. Hell, the one to Darren Waller down the seam, if he throws it right, that's a touchdown. I mean, there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. And, of course, we always hate ifs, ands, and buts, but that's what we talk about on a Wednesday, right? So good call, my man. I appreciate you. Let's go back out to the phone line and talk to Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. What's up, man? What's up, Doc? Hey, uh, I want to uh, kind of reiterate something else someone just said So uh, about, you know, you guys doing such a great job because uh, I used to listen to uh, one of the radio stations out in the Bay out there, and, you know, I'd call up every once in a while, but it was just like a ra- – like that radio station was a, like a Raiders bash, the pro Niners, you know, and right. the thing was is, like, even if they did talk about the Raiders, they, they weren't even, like, analytical – you know, I'm not saying everybody has to be like pro Raiders even, even though, mm-hmm. you know, I bleed silver and black, but at least have some analytical thinking, you know, right. on all sides, whether yep. someone's pro car or not pro car. And you guys are uh, like, to me, just night and day, a level above that. Not just because we're talking about Raiders, but like some actual like critical thinking. So I just want to say to you and, and everybody else and JT, the brick man, keep up the great work. You, know, you guys are killing it. And you guys are really building something special for Raider nation, something we've needed for a long time that even, uh, the you know what they were providing out there wasn't adequate for for what we need. So really appreciate you guys. And then as far as the the car and kind of some of the other stuff, you know, like I I have been a car critic, but like I 
kind of thought about it after my emotions died down. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking of, so the year that he got hurt, I believe that was when Bill Musgrave was our offensive coordinator. Is that yep. correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. And then Todd Downing kind of took over. But if I remember right, that, <laughs> yeah. that year, Carr was gunslinging, you know, yep. and he ran, and obviously it led to his demise and got hurt, right? right. Yep. So then us, us as fans, me including, okay, I'm in this pool, we're kind of really critical of Carr not running the football enough. There, I don't remember the game. I wish I did. But I remember there was a game a few years ago with John Gruden, and Carr took off running and really um, just like – like uh went on the, i think it took a leap or something on the sideline or it was like he took a big hit it was a pretty crazy run and he yeah. got a lot of yards and then i remember after the game john gruden being like hey i don't want, i don't want my quarterback running like that so like you know it is kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't think because you know you're like we want him to run he runs and they take the big hit he could get hurt you don't want your quarterback to get hurt so like i get i get that to some degree but he does need to be more mo- mobile mm-hmm. but then if he's not a mobile quarterback you know, that's going to be hard to take that take, you know, but at the same time, we've seen him be mobile, right. you know, but when he, when he, my, my thing is, if you're going to be mobile, don't be dunking touchdowns. That's my call. For the, the pylon with the football and it happened in the Cowboys game and the Packers game, like, you know, like run, but run smart. You know what I'm saying? Get out of the pocket, but do it like smart. And, you know, like maybe McDaniels is right where like sometimes, you know, you throw here or there, it's, it's hard to like, every time but like my thing is just let Carr be Carr because when Bill look like we look at like all he's had so many different coordinators and if I was Carr like it would probably be hard for me to like you know analyze everything when you're getting told 20 different things from you know different people you know what I mean I I mean the offensive coordinators and coaches we've had for sure but if you look at the times where he excelled it was under like coaches that kind of let him be him Mm -hmm. and that was Bill Musgrave and then last year after Gruden got let go. Um, Carr was probably a lot more had a lot more say in, in the system, and I, and I know Josh McDaniels is like you know um, an offensive mind. So we'll see if he can get the best out of Carr. But the one thing I will say about this game, okay, that really made me happy because I've been pounding the table for years about it, is that I want to see our quarterback, who's you know top tier money, getting with Nader in between downs. And I'm not saying he, like the TV is always going to show it. But I have been to games and, like, at the end of games where, like, I wanted to see him digging in the playbook and figuring it out or even warming up his arm or something, you know, like Tom yeah. Brady's and Peyton Manning's. But we did see that where, at least at the beginning of the game, he was with Josh McDaniels looking at um, the plays and stuff. And maybe Josh McDaniels can't do that because he's the head coach, you know, but at the same time, like, that's what we need out of our quarterback. And, yeah, he's going to get more critique because he's getting paid top-tier money. He's got to bring it to the table like he's getting paid that money and earn his paycheck, just like all of us and whatever careers we do in our life, we got to, you know, earn our paychecks as well. So, you know, like I want him to do well. Uh, some of the mistakes are kind of like hit and miss, but you, you, you know, you're right that like, if you're going to be a gunslinger, you're going to have like, like you're going to have some of those mistakes or like, you know, interceptions. I would rather have a gunslinger, but like I said last week was don't clip uh, Hunter Renfro's wings. And, right. and I said that for a reason, because it's bigger than just like, oh, Hunter Renfro can't run his routes. I, like, I'm glad that he targeted, like, Devontae Adams, but we got some other very capable guys. So we got to get them all involved, man. Mix it up, because you do that, and that will give more opportunities for Devontae as well. So, you know, you guys keep killing it. Really appreciate you guys, and, you know, keep up the great work. 
Hey, great call, my man. Good stuff. Great, great way to break it on down. I like it. And, yeah, uh, Derek Carr has got to be Derek Carr. Let him go out there and do what he does, and I think Josh McDaniels is going to do that. And as far as distribution to different guys, I think that that's going to come as well, right? Remember, we're just we're just reacting to one game. I believe that uh, this time next week we'll be talking about uh, how much distribution there was on Sunday. I think that many more guys are going to get involved in this Arizona Cardinal game. Again, just my gut feeling, nothing I know. Just my gut feeling. Thank you for that. I know we got a couple more callers on hold. We'll please stay on hold. We'll definitely get to you. Raider 562, Raider Jesse in Stockton. He's on Hammer Lane. Now, he's on Hammer Lane. You better be careful on Hammer Lane. Keep your head on a swivel, my man, but we're going to definitely get to you. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. We'll have it with Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.